by Christmas Eve 1914. The First World War had raged across Europe for nearly five months. The grim reality of a hard war began to set in. Both sides began carving out trenches across the eastern and western fronts. They prepared for a war that had no end in sight. The Western Front extended for hundreds of miles through France and Belgium, protecting the heart of France from an invading German-led army. Life in the trenches was bleak. Soldiers on both sides were at the mercy of a bitter European winter. Supplies and morale were dwindling. There was insufficient medical care, and the enemy trenches were often only a hundred feet from their own fortified positions. The distance between the opposing trenches, referred to as no man's land, was littered with the bodies of the deceased from both sides. To step into this space meant to step into nearly certain death. It was against this backdrop that on a moonlit night and a frost-covered ground, the unexpected occurred. It was something that defied the cold realities of war and would have a lasting impact on all those involved and even beyond. All right, all right, man, I am so, so, so honored to be able to share a message with you today. And before I get there, it has a lot to do with that video you just saw. I just want to say Merry Christmas one more time. I can't get over saying Merry Christmas. I just want you to know how much I love you. I mean, I, I love this church. I love you. I love this community so much. I love what this church is doing, what you're doing in this community, how it's changing people's lives. Come on, let's give it up for Jesus one more time. Let's thank Jesus. It's his birthday today. And, and before I get too deep, let me just remind you, no church next Sunday because we're, we're taking a, the last Sunday of the year that, to just rest. It's called Sabbath. That's the big biblical word. We're going to take a break and just rest for next weekend and come back. I'll see you next year. Come on, somebody. And, and 2020, it's going to be awesome. So I, I, I want to I just kind of tag on this video because I was recently reading and watching a video of... of the history of World War I, and it kind of birthed a passion for me to share this message with you today. And what I discovered is that 105 years ago, this man was murdered, assassinated. Um, most of us don't even know who this guy is. Like, this, this is, he wasn't the leader of his nation. He wasn't the president. He was an Austrian archduke, Franz Ferdinand. Okay, Franz Ferdinand. We might say it in America. Franz, oh Franz, right? It was, or or if you watch Saturday Night Live, Hans and Franz, we are here to pump you up, right? I don't know if it was this Franz, but Franz Ferdinand, and and he was assassinated by a 19-year-old young man, and it was this one event that sparked a global conflict. It went from this one event to, uh, like, like when this happened, Austria declared war on Serbia because they thought the Serbians were behind this. And then Russia came to, to defend their Serbian brothers, and they declared war on Austria. And then Germany came to defend, they declared war on Russia, and then France declared war on Germany, and then Germany declared war on Belgium, and Britain declared war on Germany. All of that in about a week's time. Uh, just a matter of days, all of that happened. And, and it happened because this one man was assassinated. And, and look, I'm not trying to make light of Franz's death, but 
I don't know that it had to escalate so far. Come on, somebody. I don't know that it had to go so far, so fast. There were better ways to handle this event, but what ended up happening is more than 16 to 20 million people lost their lives over a four-year period because of this one event, because of this one assassination. And, and it actually comes down to this. In World War I, they were using a war tactic called trench warfare. And you heard him talk about it on the video. It's where trench warfare is where you, you establish your position and you dig yourself in. You, you, you dig a, a trench in the ground and you're not moving from there. You're, you're going to hide yourself in your position no matter what. You're not moving. You never come eye to eye with your enemy. You never see them in person. Come on, that sounds like a, a lot of our lives today over social media. We dig in on our positions, and we never come out of eye with somebody, but we sure do hurl a lot of ammo their way. And, and that's what they did in World War I. They just, they just hurled ammo the other person's way. They didn't care what the outcome was. And it was this tactic of trench warfare that cost nearly 20 million lives in World War I. Not much changed over the course of that war. The battle lines didn't change. The geography didn't change. Just a lot of people died. And then about six months into the war, on Christmas Eve of 1914, someone on the Western Front, and we don't know who, someone stepped out onto the battle lines without their weapon, and they declared a ceasefire because it was Christmas Eve. And they declared a ceasefire. There was still a lot that they disagreed on. There were things that they didn't see eye to eye on. But on that Christmas Eve, they realized they had something in common. They realized that the Germans and the British and the French, they, they were all Christians. And they wanted to celebrate the birth of their Savior. They found a common ground to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And they came together. The history records that they came up out of the trenches and they laid their weapons on the ground and they, they played games and they, they, uh, they enjoyed food together. You can see some of these pictures of, of this event that they came eye to eye with one another and they enjoyed each other's company. And history records that that night changed them so much so that the next day when they were supposed to begin killing the enemy again, they had a hard, a hard time pulling the trigger. Why? Because they had come face to face with their enemy. They had gotten to know them. They spent a little time with them. They had sang carols together. They, they had gotten to know them. They had this common ground. And the story goes that the commanding officers had to reposition a lot of these troops to different fronts just so they would fire their weapon again because they couldn't kill somebody that they had had an opportunity to meet the night before. In, in fact, in the years to come, they had to, they had to make a new rule called no fraternization. And this meant you can't get to know who you're supposed to hate because if you get to know them, you might not kill them. This event was called the Christmas Truce of 1914. And I think we live in a similar time. Just humor me for a moment. There may not be an actual war going on around us. There might not be an actual war with weapons and, and trenches and guns going on in your life right now, but I believe there's a war going on in our hearts. 
I think there's a war going on in our hearts and people are so entrenched in their positions and they make comments and they say things and they hurl ammo at the other people like they're not even a real person. They, 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 they put these cutting comments and they, on, on social media, you see it all the time, P- Democrats and Republicans and husbands and wives and marriages, people are against each other saying things that, that they wouldn't say to anybody else, but it's like trench warfare. They just hurl ammo at the other person and they don't really care what happens. They won't change their position. Nobody wants to do anything about it. And I think it's time for us to come back together again, church. I think it's time for us to get out of the trenches and to meet on the battle line and to look at each other in the eye and let Christmas bring us together. So I'm declaring the Christmas truce of 2019. Come on. It's time for some of us to drop our weapons. It's time for some of us to, let's just call a truce where husbands and wives come back together. Come on, somebody, where families and friends come back together, where there's healing in our homes and there's healing in our marriages and there's healing in our kids and there's healing in our friendships. It's a Christmas truce of 2019. So what's a truce? A truce is a suspension in the fight where you say, okay, we're done. I'm, I'm going to drop my weapons. I'm not going there anymore. I'm not going to retaliate. And, and basically you're saying, hey, I, yeah, I'm mad at you. Yeah, I don't like what just happened, but I'm going to let Christmas be the event that brings us back together. I don't have to have it my way. I don't have to have the last word. So how does a truce work? It works the same way as it did 105 years ago. Somebody has to be willing to take the first step. Somebody's got to take the first step. Someone has to come out of the trench and onto the battle line and lay their weapons down. And here's the thing. Everybody's waiting on the other person to do it, right? Because I'm not wrong. You're wrong. It's not my fault. It's your fault. That's the way most, hey, you got to, come on women. Y'all know we all feel that way. It's not my fault. It's not my problem. It's their problem. That's the way we feel, but we, we've got to, we, somebody has to take the first step and say, hey, hey, I was wrong about that. What I said wasn't very, wasn't very nice, and somebody, everybody's waiting on the other person to drop their weapon. Listen to me. I'm calling on the church to step up and be the first ones to drop their weapons, to drop their words, and, and, and somebody's got to take the first step. Why not us? Why not us? Why don't we take the first step? Have you ever heard of the silent treatment game? Uh, husbands and wives play this game. You know, when things aren't, when there's a little spat or a fight and I'm not going to talk to you. Well, I'm not going to talk to you. And the first one to talk loses, right? So you just don't talk to each other. Well, this husband and wife, they were, they were playing the silent treatment game. They weren't talking to one another. And, and one day, like the next day, the husband had to catch an early flight. And he had to be up at 5 in the morning. And he didn't want to talk to his wife about this, so he wrote on an index card, will you please wake me up at 5 a.m.? And he put it on her, on her pillow so that she would see it when she went to bed. Well, the next morning, he woke up, he woke up at 9 a.m., not 5 a.m., And he was mad. He was furious. He was about to go give her a piece of his mind when he looked down and on his nightstand, 
was an index card that said, it's 5 a.m., wake up. <laughs> yeah, men, you don't even want to go there. You don't even want to play that game, right? Just give it up. We can't win that battle. But somebody's got to take the first step. Somebody's got to say, okay, I was wrong. Will you forgive me? I'm laying my weapons down. That's the second thing we've got to do is lay our weapons, drop our ideology, drop what we, drop what we hold so dear to our hearts that really isn't, it really may not even be, it's not effective. That's what I'm trying to say. It's, it's, it, yeah, it may be true, but there's no grace in it. And so just drop your ideology, drop your weapons and, and, and say, hey, there's something else more important than this problem. You're more important than this problem. And I think that's where we fail sometimes is that a lot of times we make the thing we believe in more important than the, the person. The problem becomes more important than the person. And can I tell you, that's never the way it is with Jesus. The problem is never more important than the person with Jesus. So we got to drop our weapons. The third thing we've got to do is we, we have to focus on what unites us. Man, what if we focused on the fact that we're Christians, that we're Americans, that we live in Wichita Falls and we have a lot of things in common and stop focusing on what divides us. Let's focus on the fact that we serve the Lord, that we're celebrating his birth, that when we come together in unity, something happens. Listen to this. Here's what I believe. On that moonlit night, as those soldiers, those rough and tough soldiers dropped their weapons, they ate food, they laughed, they played games, a war was being settled on the inside. And I think they left there changed. Can I tell you, we've got to leave here changed today. We've got to leave here changed. Let, let Christmas be the catalyst for us. I think we have an opportunity to not just attend a Christmas Eve service today, but to let there be a Christmas event, the Christmas truce of 2019. Why not now? Why not today? Why not in your life? Why not allow this day to, to be a catalyst for healing in your relationships? Now, now, the world doesn't do it this way, though. The world doesn't, doesn't do it the, the way God does it. See, the world does conflict resolution. You, who knows what conflict resolution is, right? Conflict resolution is it's where you keep working it out, right? You, you keep rehashing the details because you've got to find out who did what and when they did it and who said what, and there's a winner and there's a loser in a resolution, and that's ultimately what happened in World War I. It took four years to get to a resolution, and it cost about 20 million lives, but they got a resolution. They got something out of it. But the Bible has something different. The Bible doesn't use conflict resolution. It uses conflict reconciliation. And reconciliation is different. Reconciliation means you bring two people back together by bringing their balance to zero. You bring it back to zero where you no longer make them pay for the offense. You're not holding them accountable. They don't owe you anything for what they said or what they did to you. And that's what Jesus did for us. Amen? 
He forgave my sin. He cleansed my sin. He took my sin away. And he says, now, Ben, you get a do-over. Your balance is zero. I've reconciled your debt. You don't owe anything for the sins of your past. It's reconciled. And I think God, this Christmas Eve, God wants to bring your heart balance to zero. If you have ought against somebody, if you're dealing with with anger or bitterness or resentment or a separation in a relationship, he wants to bring that balance to zero and then give you the ability to do that for somebody else. Listen to this. In Ephesians chapter 2, it says, "For, for Christ himself brought us peace. He brought peace to your marriage. He brought peace to your relationships. He brought peace to your friendships, peace to your, to your heart and to your life. And he united the Jews and the Gentiles. Now, in, in this day, he united the Jews and Gentiles. He was bringing two groups of people together. It could, today, it could be anybody. It could be Republicans and Democrats. It could be marriages. It could be friendships. He's bringing people together into one people, bringing them into one people. And he broke down the wall of hostility. I love that. He broke down the wall of hostility. He did this by making peace between the Jews and the Gentiles. He came to bring peace. He came to bring peace by creating in himself one new people from the two groups. So in other words, he took the first step. He made peace. He came out of the trench and into the battle line with no weapons, and he made peace on your behalf. And together, as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of death on his cross. And our, our hostility... The frustrations I have towards people, the the relationship issues that I have in my life was put to death. The hostility toward each other was put to death. I love this thought that Christ brought our account balance to zero. He reconciled it. And now the hostility that I may have towards somebody else has been put to death as well. He brings our account balance to zero. And then he says, I'm giving you the same power to forgive somebody else. I love what, what, it's, what he says in, in Corinthians. He says, all of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. And he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. What is that? It's that God was reconciling himself to the world. He was getting out of the trench, going into the battle line, laying his weapon down, and he didn't count our sins against us. Our account balance was zero. He came to reconcile us, and he has committed to us this message. He came to bring reconciliation to us so that we could reconcile with somebody else. He gave us that same power to do it. And when you're reconciled with God... He's going to ask us to do the same for others. And I know I'm asking a lot on Christmas. I know I'm asking a lot. Maybe you're thinking, like, like Ben, do I have to drop it? Do I have to, I've got some relationship issues in my life right now. Do I just have to drop it? They're, they're wrong. I, I know it's tough. I know I'm asking a lot, but you have a choice that you can either drop it or you can reconcile it. You, you can drop it or you can re- uh, resolve it. 
I'll say it that way. You can resolve it. If you resolve it, there may be some casualties along the way. And I'm not saying there's not room for discussion, that there's not room for counseling or, 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 or learning, but you can't resolve conflict. You can only reconcile it. And, and I know maybe you're thinking, you don't know my story, Ben. You don't know what they said to me. You don't know what they did to me. You haven't been in my house. You haven't seen how my husband treats me. You haven't seen how my ex treated me in the past. You don't know what I know. And if you saw my story, Ben, you would change your mind. And you know what? There may be some truth to that. But listen to me. You can do this when God is working in your life in a powerful way. And I believe what I'm about to tell you right now, believe it with all my heart, that if you give, give us a year and see what God will do in your life. Let, give your life to God for a year. Go all in. Give him all you've got. I'm talking about get involved in every part of church that you can. And a year from now, you'll look back and you'll say, I don't know who that person was. You'll never believe the difference it'll make when you go all in with Jesus. Give it a year. So this year, in 2020, I'm declaring for you that 2020 is going to be a year of reconciliation. It's going to be a year of reconciliation where God brings the balance of your heart to other people to zero. And he heals every relationship in your life. So here's the deal. God is still in the truce business. He's still in the truce business. The first truce wasn't 1914. The first truce was on Christmas Eve night. <laughs> when, when Jesus was born and he stepped into the chaos of this world. That's the first truce. There was in, in that time period, there was conflict between the Romans and the Jews and Herod and the shepherds and the wise men and Mary and Joseph. There was all of this relational conflict that Jesus stepped into the battle line of that global conflict going on. He got the angels all fired up and they begin, they begin to announce to the shepherds in Luke. They said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that'll cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God, and they said, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Can I just tell you today that you get to be in control of whether his favor rests on you. You get to be in control of that. You get to be in control of it by taking a step towards him. You can have that favor on your life. And you can have the peace of God in your life when you surrender to him. So I don't want you to just I don't want you to just have a Christmas 
moment today. I don't want you to just celebrate Christmas tonight and tomorrow. I want you to experience the reason Christmas exists. I want you to experience the greatest reconciliation of mankind. When Jesus came to the earth and he reconciled us to himself and he says, from this point on, I'm going to give you the power to do the same thing. There's going to be relationships in your life that you can have reconciled because I'm coming to the earth marriages and families and parents and siblings relationships can be restored and reconciled Charles Wesley it's the whole reason he wrote this great hymn hark the herald angels sing glory to the newborn king peace on earth and mercy mild God and sinners reconciled for this moment, for this day, so that you could be reconciled to God, so that you could be reconciled to someone else. Would you bow your heads with me today? And just ask yourself, what's the Holy Spirit saying to me right now in this moment? God, every one of us today, every one of us have a conflict. Every one of us have an issue that we're dealing with personal issue, somebody in our family, somebody at work, someone down the street on our same block. We've got these issues and there's that thing that's unsettling in our hearts and we're trying to resolve it. We're trying to fix it. We're trying to take care of it. But Lord, we can't resolve the conflict. We need you to reconcile it. And so Father, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus that you would give us the ability to lay our weapons down. Give us the ability to come up out of the trench, to go into the battle line, to call a, a truce, a ceasefire. Will you bring healing to our families and our marriages and our neighbors and our friends and our siblings and our workplaces and our schools? Would you bring healing? Would you restore? Would you do something that only you can do? Because you did it first for us. You've reconciled us to yourself. We need that today, Lord with your head bowed, eyes closed. If you're here today and you're not reconciled to God, you're not in a relationship with him, you're still carrying the weight of your sin. You're still carrying the, the burden of your past, the burden of the things that you've done and the things that you've experienced, and you're carrying it around. You're getting worn out. You're weary. You're tired. Today, you have an opportunity to be reconciled with God. He'll bring your account balance to zero. All the sins of your past erased in a moment. If you surrender, if you give your life to Jesus today, you can leave here changed. And if that's you, if you say, Ben, I'm ready to be reconciled. I'm ready to surrender. I'm ready to give my life to God. I'm ready to quit carrying my own guilt and my shame. I'm, re I'm ready to quit trying to do things on my own. I'm ready to surrender. I want to be reconciled to God today. If that's you, right where you are with boldness and courage, would you just slip up your hand between me and you? Just slip up your hand on this Christmas and say, that's me, Ben. Thank you so much. I'm so proud of you. Who else would say, that's me, Ben? I want to be reconciled to God, forgiven of my sins, cleansed, washed, made new. Who else today? Thank you. I see you in the back. So proud of you. Who else would say, that's me, Ben? All right, come on. Let's say this prayer together today. Say, Jesus thank you for saving me for reconciling 
my account. It's at a zero balance. You have forgiven me. You have washed me. You have cleaned me. I'm a new creation. I give my life to you. From this moment on, I will serve you the best that I know how. Thank you for changing my life. In Jesus' name, amen.